This is Women in STEM Career and Confidence, the podcast for scientific and professional women who want to restore confidence, make meaningful impact, and balance the things and people that mean most to them. I'm Dr. Hannah Roberts, and I'll be sharing with you insights and inspiration into the mindset and skill set to help you navigate your career and lead powerfully. Welcome to the show today, and I'm so excited to introduce this guest. It's Nia Asamata, and she is an Afro-Latina former NASA software engineer, illustrator, and recent alum at NYU School of Engineering. Her mission is to create products, tools, and characters that positively represent the beauty, diversity, and intelligence of underrepresented communities. Nia's first self-published book, Black Girls Code, The Future Coloring Book, is an ode to inspiring girls of color in STEM and has inspired thousands of girls in locations spanning North America, Africa, Europe, South America, and Asia. And this episode really is about Nia's personal journey and what's next for her. So let's dig in. So welcome to the show today, and we have Nia on our show. So Huge one welcome. Please start by introducing yourself. No, so hi everyone. Um, my name is Nia. Um, I am a recent grad of New York University. I literally graduated yesterday. So I was studying computer science and biomolecular science. Outside of school, I'm a former NASA software engineer, an illustrator, and the creator of the Black Girls Code, the Future Coloring Book. Um, and really excited to be here today. Oh, thank you so much. And what a fantastic introduction. This is something I often teach, whether it's in workshops or one-to-ones as well, because we get asked to introduce ourselves so often. So it's so nice to see someone do it so beautifully. (laughs) (laughs) So there is so much in that introduction already. And I think the place that I would love to start is taking you right back to the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So how did you actually get involved with, I guess, going down the roots of science, technology, engineering, maths, like the STEM route? What kind of prompted that? No, that's a good question. So when I was younger, I've always loved to take apart things, whether it's remote controls or play uh, play with Lego. So I always had like that engineering, like love to work with my hands, hands on problem solving process. Um, but when I was growing up, it was heavily instilled in me to become a doctor. Um, so I'm Puerto Rican and Nigerian. My dad came over to the States when he was 21. Um, so it's just that mindset of become a doctor, help support your family. And I was like, okay, like I love science, I love biology. So that just seemed like a natural progression for me. Um, in high school, I was taking all the bio heavy courses. I was like in the medical club. So it just seemed like a natural fit. Um, But I joined the robotics team freshman year and that sort of changed everything. Um, And it's actually funny, I didn't want to join the team. My mom was the one who's like, you should join the team. There's a lot of applications for robotics and healthcare and just different fields. Um, But the thing like deterring me was there was 36 members and I would be one of five girls. I had no idea anything about robotics, Um, but I took that leap. Um, I joined the team, it had its difficulties like very, very much so just adjusting to that, Um, but it was the best decision of my life and it's opened up so many doors. 
And that introduced me to mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, and programming. Um, and I was like, oh my God, I love this. Like, let me introduce this into college. Um, so when I was going into college, I had the passion for medicine. I had this newfound passion of like working with my hands with engineering. So I was like, okay, what is a perfect merge of those two passions? And I came across biomedical engineering, um, which seemed like a perfect fit. They deal with robotics, they deal with artificial intelligence. They're still immersed in like the healthcare field, but I go to NYU, they didn't have that. Um, so I was like, okay, how do I create this path for me? And long story short, I'm studying computer science and biomolecular science um, at school. Oh, not at school right now because I graduated, um, but I was studying that at school. Um, and it's crazy because along the journey, so I started off with this heavy intention of going to medical school. And when I started taking my computer science classes, I completely fell in love. So my career path right now is software engineering. And I had my first job in that this summer when I was at NASA. Um, so yeah, that's like that's sort of my journey along the way. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And the fact that you had that early input from your dad, like this is the direction. Exactly. But you'd found your own passions and managed to kind of merge the two together in a way. And how did your dad respond to you? taking like the alternative pathway that he'd envisage for you um it was difficult so along the journey so initially I'm studying computer science and biomolecular science but I changed my majors mm -hmm. um so like I mentioned earlier I had the intention of doing biomedical engineering um and the closest thing to that was chemical and biomolecular engineering at school. So I did that for a year, realized that it wasn't the path for me and I switched over. Um, and I was also doing that on the medical track because they're like, okay, you're going to medical school. I was like, I like engineering. Let me, you know, do that to appease them. Um, so that conversation was difficult um, just because my mom and my dad, they didn't really understand what was going on with computer science. Um, and they knew for, you know, doctor was a stable job. It's very lucrative. It's, yeah, it's just very set. Um, so for computer science, that was something because they're like, do you even know how to code? Like, what are you actually doing, right? And having that conversation with them was difficult. And also with my advisors too, um, because they're like, this is a huge jump. You know, are you sure you want to get into this? Um, and I have a funny story that actually inspired me to actually do it. So this was um, freshman year, but I officially made the change like sophomore year, I believe. Um, so freshman year, I was chosen to be um, one of the Google student spotlight speakers. So essentially there was a Google conference with like 300 students. Um, it was specifically for like, uh, like a diversity conference for like black, Latino, indigenous students. Um, and there's Googlers there, just like a networking panel, you hear everyone's stories. Um, and I was one of the speakers, which is so like an amazing experience, especially as a freshman, especially since computer science wasn't even my path, but I talked about my robotics story, um, essentially like how I grew on the team, teaching myself how to code there and like sort of like that story. Um, but at the conference, there was this other Googler there and he had the same background as me. So he went to NYU too. He was a Googler there. Um, he studied biochem because like the family influence, they told him to become a doctor. And he was like, junior year, I realized that wasn't for me. I switched my major and I was, and thinking right now, like changing your major junior year is actually insane. Um, <laughs> 
way he did it. So he changed his major to computer science and he got a master's in the field. And now he's so much happier working at Google. And I was like, I want to do that. Like that was my new beginning in a sense, because he gave me the not only inspiration, but drive and confidence that doing something like this is feasible for me. Um, so I went to my advisors and I was like, yeah, I want to do that. There was pushback from them and my family, but ultimately when you stay true to yourself, it opens up so many doors. It does. But what I'm also hearing in that story is that when you can see, see it, when you can mm -hmm. see someone do it, it makes it more easier for you to do it as well. Exactly. Because imagine, like, I always like to think, imagine if I wasn't at the conference, imagine if I wasn't mm -hmm. selected, imagine if he wasn't there, like, what would my life look like right now, you know? Mm, absolutely. So this representation actually really matters um, at all levels of your career development. And in that conference, you mentioned there was the spotlight, you know, I was asked to speak at it and there was over 300 people, did you say? Yes. <laughs> so tell me a bit more about speaking in front of 300 people. How did that go for you? It was so nerve wracking. Um, it really was because I was like, okay, like this is a lot of people. So <laughs> I'm just getting up and it's, they had like my pictures on the monitors everywhere. And I'm just speaking to the crowd, but I took a step back. I took a breath and realized that I'm just sharing <laughs> my story, right? My true authentic story, um, sharing what it was like being one of the only girls on the team, being one of the only women of color within my robotics team, how I, you know, took the leap to teach myself um, how it was just so I can sort of speak about that too so essentially within the team is very male dominated that that's a given mm -hmm. um, but the other girls on the team and I we were given like minimal tasks so like assigned to you know organize the toolbox clean up after the lab just very like minimal tasks that didn't sort of like assisted the team but were not directly um technical if that makes sense right so that's sort of like the place that's sort of like the position that we were assigned to um and it wasn't until like junior year that I always wanted to contribute to the team but I didn't know how to mind you I didn't know how to code I didn't know how to use like the heavy machinery that they were using there's a lot of like electrical components on the team on the robotics team I didn't understand that either um and I asked for help and was sort of like put down and you know that lowered my confidence. Um, but junior year, we competed against a team and I was part of FIRST Robotics. And essentially how that works is you have six weeks to build a robot, you're given the challenge, um, you're given like weight, height restrictions like that, but everything else is up to you and your team. And then at the end of the six weeks, you have a three-day conference, which is international. So we were at wow. Jacob Jacobson Center in New York. I'm from New York. Um, we competed against teams from China, Brazil, Argentina, like all these international teams came together in New York for a three-day conference, um, three-day competition, sorry. So that was amazing. Um, but I met this all-girls team and I was like, that. I was like, I want to do that. We saw them working behind the scenes, like all talking, fixing the robot, coding, um, fixing the wires, you know, soldering, cutting sheet metal. And I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. Like, exactly what I want to do. So I started talking to them that gave me the confidence. And I actually went to YouTube to teach myself like, okay, how do I code? Um, I know there's motors and wires involved to, you know, make the actual robots wheel turn. How do I do that? Right? Like, 
what's the difference between this wire and this wire and you know what's optimal and what's efficient like how am I going to make this work I was just so like infatuated by it um, and then I was able to apply that knowledge to the team um, and by the time that I was graduating I was actually leading the programming and electrical departments based on what I learned online and just raising my voice and being active within the team so like everything turned around that year. I absolutely love that part <laughs> of the story. So it's going from that passive, well, the people sort of giving you these menial kind of tasks to do into, oh, those people are doing it over there, how I want to be doing this thing and actually taking this really proactive step. It wasn't just, I need to advocate for myself, but you went ahead and learned things outside yeah. of that team as well to become, yeah, team leader I love that <laughs> yeah. that's really cool and how so that's happened you're on the robotics team and you've got this um you just graduated mm -hmm. and you mentioned last uh summer that you did a um internship at NASA mm -hmm. so just because I'm like a super space geek <laughs> um tell me a bit more about that internship what happened that like the whole process in and of itself was crazy. Um, so I recently, like I mentioned, I switched over to computer science. Um, my intro to that was on the robotics team through YouTube, but I didn't have like that strong programming, uh, like fundamental knowledge until college um, and still like going through it. But I applied to NASA um, and I remember like a few weeks later, I actually got the offer um, and I was like, there's no, I didn't have, I personally didn't have an interview. So I was like, is this like, right? Like, are they, are they sure? Like, I just studied computer science. This is for a software engineering position. Like, is it me? I sat in that shock. I remember I started crying. I called my mom because at the time I was at my boyfriend's house when I got the email. I was like, oh my God, like what is going on? <laughs> like so many emotions all at once. Um, but actually getting to it, it was amazing. So it was remote because of the pandemic. So I was interning at home. Um, but if we were like in a normal you know, situation, um, I would have been at the Space Center in Maryland. So the Goddard Space Center. Um, but that experience was amazing. And it was so crazy because, you know, representation is everything. And I'm so fortunate that my direct mentor was a Black woman too. So I was able to relate to her on the team. Um, and then outside of that, so within our direct project, it was myself and another intern. So it was just it was just us basically working on the project. Um, we were in the Earth Science Division, specifically focusing on satellite data. Um, and our project like was so, I'm really happy that everything aligned because our project was so meaningful um, in terms of like representation, access to tech. So within the team, we recognize, right? like a huge barrier to tech is actually the language that's being used, right? Like you hear a whole bunch of big words and people feel left out. And even like my experience on the robotics team, all these technical words, or all these technical things going on, I didn't feel like I could contribute to the conversation. We wanted to eliminate that project or eliminate that problem, sorry. So what we did is created a website, um, pulling in data from the satellites. So for example, we tracked weather patterns. So is there a tornado, a hurricane, um, tsunami predictions in this area? And how do we translate that to the everyday person? So how do we explain this narrative? Um, so we created a website, like I said, 
and there would be different articles that would be published. So we had our different engineers, our different scientists, like publishing this data um, and we made it easy to translate. So what I personally did was I worked on the front end team. Um, so that's just like what the user interacts with, everything like that. Um, and it was so cool because I was introduced to machine learning as well and was able to create like a model. So for example, you're in the UK, I believe. I am in the UK, yes. You're in the UK, I'm in New York. So if you typed in like London, for example, you would be able to get like live images of what the satellite picked up and be like, okay, it's going to be a windy or cloudy day in London today. I type in New York, it shows me images of what the satellite picks up. And it's like, okay, Nia, in New York, it's gonna be bright and sunny. So that was something that we did. People are able to like hover over images, get videos just to like understand more of what's going on. That's very, very cool. And really <laughs> relatable for each individual person as well. So really well done. And that's gonna be hard, isn't it? The pandemic hitting and having to work remotely for such a unique opportunity, but it sounds like you really made the most of that during the pandemic. Well, it's so cool because so within like the, the team too, so we did everything to try to, obviously we're talking through screens, but be as connected as possible. So within my team, we had meetings every day, just like a, like a daily check-in. Um, but there was also different like organizations that I joined. So there was like this Black at NASA, there was Speed, which is just like one of the diversity and inclusion programs. So we had our, we didn't have daily meetings. We had like weekly meetings um like meetups games to just to ways to interact with the other interns um but what what was so cool about like being remote is that i was able to interact with interns outside of my direct space centers so there's space centers in texas and florida and new york and like just forming that close community with them some of them i still talk to today so like amazing <laughs> some of them are like my closest friends today from the program within different uh, space centers. So that was really cool. And it just shows how global we are. Exactly. exactly. Absolutely. Um, one theme that's been coming up as we've been talking at different kind of intervals has been the fact that quite often you are a minority within the things that you're working with, whether that's NASA or whether that's the robotics project. Tell me a bit more about your experience with one, being a woman in your field and then being a woman of color in your yeah. field too. So like even in my, within the engineering school, you see it, it's very prevalent. Um, and then you dive deeper into computer science, which is very technical and you see it a lot less. Um, within one of my classes this past semester, there's 200 students. This is for da uh, data structures and algorithms and 200 students. And I'm looking around on the first day and I'm the only person. And I'm like, okay, I'm like maybe, you know, people's schedules are still adjusting. Maybe this is just for the moment, right? A couple of weeks into the class, when classes are set, I'm still looking around and I'm like, okay, I'm the only person, right? So I remember the first day of classes, like everyone's getting lost in their class. So I was sitting in the back, but for me, I'm a visual learner. I like to be very engaged in the class. So it was my mission to sit in the front. So like slowly started progressing to the front of the classroom, asking all of my questions, but that was very daunting. Um, so in the first computer science class, which is just intro to pro, um, Python and programming, 
it was myself and my roommate. So it was three, this time it was three of us in the class, which is like, you know, revolutionary. So <laughs> as a support system. Um, but like, then again, it was still like daunting to ask questions, like just feeling like dumb because this was our first introduction, like formal introduction to CS. And my roommates aren't even studying engineering. It was just like a preliminary class that they had to take too. Um, but asking around our questions, looking around, it's like nobody looks like us, having our teacher make comments. Oh, even going to the tutoring center. So like we always travel together for extra help after class. Um, class ended at, I believe our class was like 3.30 to like, 5 30 right we got mm-hmm. food after that tutoring center we're at the tutoring center almost every day until eight o'clock right just doing oh, wow. our trying to understand because this class was what they consider like the weed out classes um so it was really it was really hard um and like it the t- class was taught as if you had prior coding experience and everyone else in the class did so like it just gave the professor like the the green light to you know continue advancing and we were like uh <laughs> we're like how do we do this so we were at the tutoring center um but my personal experience there i remember it was around like exam time and i had a question and i was like hi like um for exam i know this is going to be asked of us like i'm still having trouble on this part can you help me and he was like he was he was like you should know this and i was like i was like okay i was like but i don't um can we please cover it um uh-huh. Just other experiences like that where my intelligence was questioned. I've even been told so within school, like we have a freshman year advisor for a sophomore and junior year, we have a, a different advisor, and then senior year we have another one. Um, and within like that sophomore junior year, my intelligence was questioned. I told that I should just switch majors. You're not gonna graduate if you stick with wow. this. Wow, this path was not meant for you. And I was like, okay, like. This is what I'm being told, but I know like deep in my heart, this is what I want to do. So I need to work 10 times harder to make it happen um, and not like sort of like drown out the all this background noise that I'm hearing from teachers, advisors, professors, society. Um, so that was challenging. It sounded like you really had to trust yourself yes. in the wake of everybody else around you saying, no, you're not going to make it. This isn't for you. You're not going to graduate. Mm-hmm. And that other adaptation that I heard there was having to work and almost prove yourself 10 times more than everybody else around you as well. So like, even with that, with like a heavy course load and mind you, I'm studying two things, a major and a minor. So like I have both to fulfill, um, being at the tutoring center till eight, but my day didn't stop then because this is only for one class, taking five other classes. Oh, wow. Have- so it's like how do I there's a lot of like sleepless nights um how do I make sure that I'm on top of my classes for one how do I make sure that I'm on top of my job for two but also like exploring your passions outside of class because like who are you outside of school that's what I always like to think so like exploring passion projects we can talk about the coloring book later volunteering at black girls code um right so like there's just a lot going on, but I'm really happy that I'm, you know, I graduated. Um, you I did. Think- yesterday. <laughs> Literally yesterday and that, you know, all those experiences lined up to who I am today and also like opening doors for who I'm about to become. Yeah, and when you talk about opening the doors to who you're going to become, that is all linked to everything that's happened in the past mm-hmm. as well. 
And it sounds like that passion project of Black Girls Code the Future is really important in that process. So what is Black Girls Code the Future? Yes, so Black Girls Code the Future is a coloring book that I created um, actually last year. So when we were like in the pandemic, um, like the beginning year um, months within March, um, I was like, okay, everything is so chaotic. I need to ground and center myself. What is a hobby of mine, right? Like I've always loved to draw, especially as a stress reliever. Um, so I started drawing more on my iPad, just like, you know, figures and characters that, that look like me and just highlighted the beauty and essence of like people who look like me, right? Um, and around that time, I just started an Instagram page, like a digital portfolio, um, just highlighting this. And, you know, when I'm drawing at home, I was like, okay, I'm drawing a sketch, right? I do the outline and essentially I'm just, you know, filling in the blanks, coloring in. And I was like, that's, you know, basically what you do with a coloring book, right? Um, and at that same time, that was my second or third year working with Black Girls Code. So they're just um, a global um, organization, just teaching girls as young as seven to 17, you know, computer science, robotics, emerging technology, AR, VR, AI, right? So I've been working with them for a minute. Um, and I was like, okay, I've been working with them. These are my experiences in school, coloring books, right? When you're younger, you have coloring books, you can color them black or brown, but based on the features, you know that they're not meant to look like you. And like, I had like all these ideas going in my head and I was like, okay, mentally connecting the dots. And I was like, I should do a coloring book, right? So I, <laughs> I told my mom that, Kimberly Bryant, she's the founder and CEO of Black Girls Code. I texted her one day and I was like, hey, like I have an idea for a coloring book. Let me know what you think, especially since I work with the younger girls. Um, and just hearing their experiences on a personal level. So I was like, this would be perfect. Like, this is something I never had growing up. This is something that we still don't have. Um, so, you know, let me, let me be the change that I want to see. Let me do this. So within the coloring book, um, I have girls like, oh, images of girls like building robots together at the, um, at the computer, just like teamwork, you know, a lot of like technical things. And I also thought about like diversity in and of itself, representation, hair diversity too, because that's something that's like really prominent within the black community. Uh -huh. um, I have my twist in right now, but outside I have big curly hair. So a lot of microaggressions that I've personally faced within like this college setting. So I was like, okay, let me shed light on that. Draw girls with afros, with twists, with hijabs, like just like showing that representation. Um, but I wanted to take it a step further too, right? So I mentioned earlier with NASA, a barrier is the language that's being used, right? So how do I introduce this language at a younger age to build that confidence, right? So I was like, okay, word searches, right? Word searches, crossword puzzles, introducing these young work girls to words like programming, algorithm, data science, computer science, um, engineering, right? So I had those within the coloring book. And then a step further, what is a huge problem that we're currently facing, right? What is a, pro a problem that I want my coloring book to address as well? And it's role models, right? Like within this field, unfortunately, you don't see a lot of women, especially women of color to see as role models like in these more technical areas. So I was like, let me change that problem or sort of like work to address that problem. So 
towards the end of the coloring book, I highlighted 15 like amazing NASA mathematicians, roboticists in and outside of NASA, just like global, um, I don't wanna say influences, but inspirational women um, doing a remarkable work within their field. So I drew their pictures. I have quotes from them, um, just like a short like bio of what they do, like fun facts too, so that anyone who's looking through the coloring book can like, they look like me, like as they're coloring along, like, oh my God, they, they look like me. And this is the work that they're doing. And I can do that too. And reading their quote to be inspired and like, okay, like, yes, like I can do that too. And it's crazy that in doing that, it was also a learning experience for me. Um, like as I was selecting these women, there's a lot of women that, you know, I wasn't familiar, I personally wasn't familiar with that. You know, you don't hear in school that are sort of like left out of the textbooks. And I was like, it's even more important for me to include their stories within this coloring book. Um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of like, <laughs> I, love <it. laughs> I love how that came about in particular as a passion project during the pandemic and you talked about it as a grounding project something that kept you grounded during a really kind of insane time where we didn't know how it was all going to play out and it, it was very scary at different times that we just had no idea how that would play out and I love the combination of pictures of people who look like me, the words that we're not always introduced to from an early age, so we don't get the language of it, alongside the role models too, mm -hmm. and that inspirational um, content. Please tell me, at some point in this coloring book, there is a picture of you to color in? Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> what I did, so I did, um, I started off the coloring book, I wish I had like the physical with me right now, um, they're all upstairs in my door, but um, I have like a meet the artist page. Um, oh, good. Like I have a picture of me like crisscross with my computer. Outside of this, I'm a huge plant mom. So like I have plants all around me and I'm in the middle, like at my computer smiling. I have like my background, my name, um, like just fun facts about me. So it's like uh, meet Nia, for example. She's a technical instructor, Black Girls Code. She's an engineer and she's an illustrator. She's from New York. Um, and these are like some fun facts about me. I love robotics. I love to travel. So I have that like within the coloring book too. So. <laughs> yes. For you, because I thought you're talking about all these inspirational role models and I thought you're going to leave yourself out for a moment. <laughs> I love that you're a plant mama. I have not been so successful with plants that I've had in my house, but the only ones that survive were on my windowsill, which look out onto the garden. So I think because sometimes I do the washing up there um they, they kind of get a look in mm -hmm. but I have been known to kill cactuses by how do you even kill a cactus babe I have a cactus upstairs you have to water them like that's what I didn't do <laughs> I feel like don't water it don't water it at all costs that's the thing so like for succulents I, I have so many plants but for succulents the it's like oh like don't water them don't water them you have to water them like once a week and then they're uh. set like, I, have, I have with the last one. I, I've learned my lesson now. <laughs> so with Black Girls Code the Future and the coloring book, have you kept track on how many people that's been distributed to? Mm -hmm. So um, right now I self-published it. So like I have all the analytics um, in between classes. Like I have like 
um, boxes upstairs of the coloring book. So in between classes, I'm packing and shipping orders. The post office is down the street. So it's like, I've just worked into like a natural rhythm. Okay, go to the post office, go to the bus, go to school, right? So that's how it is. But in terms of like analytics and how much is reached, I've shipped to, I think seven international countries right now. Oh, wow. Which is so crazy. So like off the top of my head, my it's so crazy to like say it and process it, but my coloring book's been shipped to South Africa, to Guyana, to the UK, um, France, Canada. There's another country that I'm missing right now, but it's been shipped like when I get the orders and I'm like, wow, this is so crazy. Um, so I've done that. I've been put into, I think I'm in four bookstores right now and three are black owned within the US. Um, so some in New York, in New Orleans, um, LA and in DC. Um, and then what's been most like impactful for me is I actually collaborated with this elementary school in DC. So it was Georgetown, um, what is it? Georgetown Day School, sorry, um, <laughs> Washington DC. And I collaborated with the elementary school. So from pre-K all the way to fifth grade, um, facilitated computer science week and every student left, a, left away with the coloring books. So they got the coloring books first and then we had like the seminars after. Um, and that was so cute because they all like sent me pictures of like, like this is my Katherine Johnson drawing. This is my major. Oh, wow. This is what like they learned. They all sent me videos. The teacher sent me videos of like them coloring. Some of the students had things to say to me like within the Zoom or that were pre-recorded. And I was like, this is so cute. It was so cute. And like some of the girls, they really, they're pre-K, they're first grade. And they're like, hi, Nia, like, thank you for doing this. You look just like me. And I'm like, that's like, that's the reason why I do it, right? Like for my younger self, for the next generation of like younger students, for them to see themselves like within these pages, for them to see themselves within the role models, for them to see images that look like them, you know, building robots, coding at the computer to like make that initial change. Um, and it's crazy because like even after like leading the the workshops and the having the presentation, a lot of the girls actually joined Black Girls Code. Um, and I, I still talk to like their parents or guardians today, like, oh yeah, like we're having another workshop. You should enroll your girl, your uh, your girl, your daughters in. So yeah, like just leading by example and like making that change is like super exciting for me and like a huge motivation to like continue pushing and going forward and launching projects like this. And I love that you got that feedback mm -hmm. from you know, straight from the people who've been using the coloring book so you can see what kind of impact you create. Sometimes you don't always get to see the final kind of how it all panned out, but that sounds like it was a really impactful project for you. Um, so that was really beautiful. And um, I want to ask what your vision is, your long-term vision for either the coloring book or for Black Girls, Girls Code or what? What's next for you in that arena? Oh, for sure. So I have the digital and physical versions available for the coloring book. Um, I've also launched sticker sheets and like along the narrative of like diversity and representation, I thought it was so important to have crayons and color pencils because like how else do you color it, right? Um, so I also sell like skin tone diverse crayons and color pencils. 
Um, but what's next for me? Like, what's the future? I want to do puzzles because um, I've never seen like, you know, puzzles like that. I want to do that. Um, I want to do posters and also like, so like sneak peek also in the works of launching another coloring book. So like I mentioned earlier, I'm Puerto Rican and Nigerian. And within this next coloring book, it's going to be a focus on like Latina and indigenous voices um, within STEM. So that's what's in the future. Um, in terms of Black Girls Code, I'm a technical instructor there, hoping to continue working there alongside like jobs, whether it's like volunteering there, um, but like definitely want to continue working with the youth, um, just like inspiring them and advocating for them to use their voices and feel confident within this field because like tech is all around us. It's only going to continue to advance and progress and become even more important and integral in society. So it's important to become versed in this so that you're not left out um, of the conversation. I 100% agree that we have since the year 2000 kind of come into this focus with tech and that we're kind of surfing the wave. It's usually like a 20 to 30 year lifetime and then it really hits and I think we're just hitting that 20 year lifetime now and it, tech is just exploding and I think the pandemic has just shown us just how far we're going to go with that as well not how far but how quick we change to more tech and more online kind of things so that's been super interesting that you have like continuation and vision for Black Girls Code and for your particular projects within it too so as a final question, I would like to ask, I think it's because you've just graduated and there's that whole um, like inspiring speech that people give at the end to kind of like, um, you know, move you to the next phase of your life. So if you were making a statement about the next phase of your life and trying to inspire other, you know, women of color in the process, what would you say to them? I would say to stay true to yourself, for one. Um, know that you belong. It's going to be difficult. There's going to be a lot of experiences where you'll be one of only in the room. Um, but use that as a means to be like, okay, you're leading in this example. If, it if you weren't in that room, there would be none, right? So use that experience to bring another girl with you, to bring another girl with you so that at the end of the day, they're not the only person in the room. Um, I would say continue advocating for yourself. That's a huge thing, especially in this field, um, because there will be a lot of times where your voice will be drowned out, but you need to go above and beyond and you know work 10 times harder because it, that's the reality of where we are right now, where you have to you know, work 10 times harder to be at an even level, but you know, put in that extra step because your voice does matter um, to not only support yourself, but the next generation of girls entering this field. Um, so I would say that um, and know your why. That, that's been a huge motivating force for me, especially like when I'm the only person in this classroom. What is my why? Why do I want to study in this field? Why do I want to continue advocating? Why do I want to work at Black Girls Code? Why do I want to make sure that other Black and Brown and Indigenous voices are heard? Why do I want to do that? And when I know that why, it's easier to go through my classes. When I know that why, it's easier to, you know, be the only person in this work setting. It's, it's easier to, you know, take on the comments that 
I'm hearing from my teachers, my advisors, my professors, because I know why I want to be here. And even more importantly, I know that I belong here, right? So this place is already mine. My path is already paved for me. I'm just, you know, walking along that journey. There's going to be bumps in the road, but I know that this path is meant for me and that you should know that, that your path is meant for you too. And just, you know, embrace it, all its challenges, but don't be discouraged. Um, yeah, everything was meant for you. That is so cool. So let me do a summary of that for you because that was really impactful. Stay true to yourself. Exactly. Know that you belong. Lead by example. My personal favorite, bring another girl along with you. Advocate for yourself, your voice matters. Always start with your why. Once you know your why, everything is so much easier. And your path is meant for you, so embrace it. Wise words, Nia, wise words indeed. And I hope that you will take those words forward with you on your next step as well as you have just graduated today and you have your final exam today. Ah, graduated yesterday, sorry, in final exam today. I graduated yesterday, last final exam today, and then the all-university graduation tomorrow. Um, yes, and then I accepted an offer at Spotify, so I will be there this summer, ah. uh, in June, so I'm staying in New York. Um, yes, it's, it's like so overwhelming that everything is happening at once, but like just need to take a step back to like embrace it. Like I did this, I did this. Um, and yeah, and it's even so like overwhelming too, because just like understanding stats. So um, I think it's like 2.5 or 2.9 black women graduate with a degree in engineering. And yeah. yesterday I'm one of them, right? Like I, I forgot the stats for Latina women since I'm half Puerto Rican too, but I'm one of them like making history in that. And it's like, wow, like, it's so overwhelming to like process everything. It's huge, absolutely huge. And like you said, that's the leading by example you're leading. And in doing so, you are bringing people along because part of your story all along was once I can see it, I can believe that I can do it too. And you're absolutely doing that for others. And many of them you will not even know. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nia. I have had such a blast with you this morning for you this afternoon for me <laughs> it's, it's i think it's like eight for me right now but thank you so much um i really appreciated being able to share my story um and my passion just being able to talk to you so thanks thank you so much for that thank you and we'll make sure that your um coloring book details are all in the show notes as well perfect thank you thank you for listening to women in stem career and confidence to get further support in your journey, join me in Breakthrough Unleashed on Facebook.